What's up, you guys? I am Micah Folsom, and you're listening to the Do Your Crap Podcast. I was overwhelmed, uninspired, and unfulfilled, and I knew there had to be a different way to do life. Turns out there totally is. And I found my calling in helping people learn and do the unsexy habits that build a legendary life. Each and every week, I'm going to help you bust through the crap that's holding you back and break down the simple habits and mindset shifts that will help you rock every aspect of your life. Are you ready to do the things that most people won't so that you can live the life that most people can't? Here we go. This is your host, Micah Folsom, and we've got a powerhouse of a guest with us on today. His name is Justin Prince, and he is a global entrepreneur who has built five multi-million dollar businesses that have generated more than $2 billion in revenue. He is an acclaimed keynote speaker who has shared stages around the world with icons like John C. Maxwell, Jamie Kern Lima, and Ed Milet, and he is a heart-centered husband and proud father of four. He was raised in a broken home, has no college education, and he began his professional career working construction, flipping pizzas, and selling animated Bible videos from a mall kiosk. In fact, his very first business venture left him below zero financially, and his first sliver of success came while raising his kids in a one-room loft above his in-law's garage. Justin's unexpected rise Proven personal development strategies and tailored success systems have moved and motivated millions of people to create, design, and live an unforgettable life. In his latest book, Be the One, Justin shares this the precise tools, habits, and action steps to help any reader do the same with a focus on practical and actionable advice. This book serves as an easy-to-follow instruction manual for anyone to, as Justin puts it, be the one. So we are going to be digging into so much today, so much today. So if you are a parent, if you are an entrepreneur, if you are a human being who just wants to live an awesome life, be more productive, doing the things you love, then this conversation is for you and you definitely will want to grab his book. So let's turn it over to the show. All right, Justin, welcome to the show. So stoked to have you. Mike, I'm so honored to be on with you. Thank you for taking the time, making the effort. And I love the value that you put out. I just love it. Of course. So before we dig into all the goods, who are you? Tell us a little bit about our, about your story, about how you got to do the work that you're in, all of the things. Yeah. So my wife and I live in a place called St. George, Utah, Southern Utah, and kind of in the Red Rock Desert. We have four kids. So I'm a daddy first. I'm a husband first, for sure. Uh, we have 19 and 11 year old boys and then 16 and 14 year old girls. So bookend That's boys and two fun. girls in the middle. And I'm an entrepreneur second, you know, I came from a, a broken home at age 12. We moved 13 times in the seven years to the teenage years. My mom, when she married my dad, he had an, a, a daughter and a son. And so when, when I was born, I'm her oldest. Okay. And so I was raised through those teenage years, kind of with a single mom. I'd still, you know, go to my dad's house every other weekend, but I was raised by a single mom. And so I have a special place in my heart for single moms specifically, and really women in general. I, uh, I, I'm i a product of amazing women. I had great, amazing grandmothers. I had an amazing mom. 
have an unbelievable wife and have beautiful daughter. So I've just have been surrounded in my life by just really powerful and incredible women. Uh, I have no professional background. I was making pizzas, doing construction work. I worked at a mall kiosk. I, I tease people. The mall is where all of us older people used to go when the Amazon was a river, you know, so yeah. we'd hang out at the mall. And I worked at a mall kiosk selling animated Bible videos at a mall kiosk. So I have really no professional background. I have no college education, no uh, formal education background. I had a semester and a half of college. What I, what I did have, though, and, and Micah, my guess is for your audience listening, they have something similar, which is I had big dreams and I had big goals. And I like wanted to do something with my life. And I wanted my life to matter and it to be meaningful both to uh, my own personal family, but also really like to the world, you know, like to add value yeah. to people. Yeah. And I started my first business when I was 25 years old. Uh, it was in the kind of the direct sales network marketing world. Uh, I didn't know anything about that space other than I remember thinking that once I got past my skepticism, I was like, I'm in, like, I'm going to do this thing. Like, I'm going to go for it. And long story short, the company itself went out of business. When the company went out of business, I was out of business, right? And so it left me in a really kind of a precarious financial situation. I was back on credit cards, back on taxes. I was just kind of in a weird financial situation. So I moved my pregnant wife and are now two kids into the loft above my wife's parents' garage. So I have two babies sleeping in the closet. My wife and I are sleeping in this little loft area. I go pick up two part-time jobs, one back with the Bible videos, one that I would do during the weekdays. And then I started another business to like become free and direct sales. And I'm like trying to chase the dream, you know, working two part-time jobs, sleeping in the loft of my wife's parents' garage. I'm like, what am I doing with my life? You know, what's, what's my problem? And long story short, uh, I kind of figured that business out over a number of years. I became the fastest growing distributor anywhere in the, in the United States. I was traveling all over the world, speaking in like Moscow and Umsk, Russia and Amadi, Kazakhstan, kind of all over the world. Keynote speaker at the convention was 6,000 people kind of thing. And I ended up selling that business at age 30. I was out of direct sales for two years doing private equity consulting. And then my last 11 years, I actually came into a company that was a 25-year-old company and it had eight years of declining revenue, kind of going the wrong direction for eight years. And I came in originally as a consultant to kind of help them turn the business around. And then I ultimately uh, went into the field and, and launched, you know, my own my own team in the field. And I was there for 11 years. You know, our team did over two and a half billion in revenue. Uh, we had millions and millions of customers, just created a ton of value for uh, a ton of people, a ton of families all over the world. It was an incredible experience. And, you know, in that process, I wrote a book called Be the One. And the concept for me is really two parts. The first idea is that you're the one, <laughs> you know, you're the one because Mike, I believe that success is an identity process yeah, yeah. and that you'll never outperform the way you see yourself. So if you see yourself as a winner, you're not going to roll over and quit like a loser. If you see yourself as a loser, you're not going to show up and pay the price that a winner would pay. It's an identity process. Mm -hmm. And when you realize that you're the one, when you realize that over the last 12 generations, there was 4,094 people. If you take your parents, grandparents, great-grandparents, great-great-grandparents, 4,094 people from all over the world that came together to create you, that you are the one. You're the one that these people lived for, bled for, cried for, died for, gave everything they had for, for you to have this moment. These breaths all matter. You're the one. Your life has value and purpose and meaning. And you realize, I'm the one. You know, I'm going to make something in my life. That's number one. The second part is to be. So it's not become the one, it's be the one, which means to step into it, to act as if you're the one today, to be the best version of yourself today. So the book is, I hope the book inspires and motivates. Don't get me wrong. What I really hope the book does is teaches. 
and trains and gives like tactical, practical steps of like, how do you be the one today? How do you live and create and design an unforgettable life where future generations look up into their family lineage and they say it was her, you know, it was him. He's the one for our family. She's the one for our family. The addiction ended with her. The abuse stopped with him. The financial principles that have set our family free. It was my great, great, great grandma. And she's the one that did it for us. And I'll share this with you. The word decision, it's a Latin word. So the decision meant to cut and the decision meant off. So when you come up to a moment of your life and you make a decision to go right, you cut off all the possibilities of going left because you went right. When they made the word incision, the word incision meant to cut in, a decision cut off. And what I would like to remind people is you've never been this old before and you'll never be this young again. And you can't always control what happens, but you can control what happens next because you can make the next decision. You can make a decision today to say, I'm going to be the one for my family. I'm going to be the one that makes a difference. I'm going to be the one that writes a new story. I'm going to be the one that that lives and creates and designs an unforgettable life. And that is the power of being, you know, stepping into who you really are. Okay. I love so much of this. And I have some questions that I want to unpack because <laughs> uh, I'm just dying to know. So I think our listeners would probably be interested in this too. So a couple things first, you've been in the direct sales and network marketing space. I have been in this industry for over 10 years now. Mm-hmm. And my own experience is women slay, women slay. How does a freaking dude make the decision to defy all odds and go against the grain and be okay with doing network marketing and direct sales when I'm sure you got a lot of backlash from friends and from coworkers and from whatever? What was it for you that made you yeah. just be like, dude, screw it. I, I know the possibility with this. This is what I want to do. How did yeah, you Yeah, such that? a great question. A couple things. The, the First of all, I agree with you 100% that women slay. They right. <laughs> rush our profession. Yeah. When I started 18 years ago, women were still slaying. Don't, don't get me wrong. But there was even more men doing it 18 mm. years ago. Uh, I feel like particularly on social, women can sell easier to each other. I'm talking yeah. just like the big broad brush strokes, big macro yeah, yeah. brush strokes than, than maybe than men do. But I still think men can crush, you know, in our profession. So what really turned my crank for me when I was 25, so I go back, success is an identity process. It's also an identification process. In other words, you can see someone else and say, I, I want to be like them. I identify with them or I want to identify with them. I, I had some people that I looked at as, as mentors and leaders from afar that use mm-hmm. network marketing as their vehicle. Okay. I never worked with them. I never had, I wasn't part of their company. I'm not, so imagine at this point, I'm not even in network marketing. I just could use them as a model. Like I could right, identify right. with the that had. Yeah. And so one of them earned over uh, $70 million in commissions in his company. He was in his company for, for a number of decades. He became a mentor of mine later in life. And uh, he, but he died as a billionaire. Uh, he he passed away, unfortunately, earlier this year. And he taught me a three-step wealth building formula that I have since applied. It changed my whole life. Very, very simple, but literally changed my whole life. And it's something that I think people can use as one of, one of the reasons why would you do network marketing. So it was three steps. Step one is to maximize your income. So imagine you maximize income. 
what does that mean? It means that you need the trend line of your income to increase, like to go up. So for example, if you're a nurse or you're a chiropractor or you're a painter or a plumber or you're a real estate agent or you're in mortgages or you do insurance, what's the goal? The goal is to like get the income to tick up, like to start making more cash. Now you can do that in your own profession. If you're in real estate, you can do it in your profession. But one of the beautiful things about network marketing is you can make your income go up, right? Like you can make 500 extra dollars a month, which is 6,000 a year, which is 60,000 over 10 years. Or maybe you could make $5,000 a month, which is 60,000 per year, 600,000 over 10 years. So you can start to tick the income up or again, or you can make more, right? Just whatever or less, depending on your, your ambitions and desire levels. The point is though, is the income line can tick up. That's a big deal. Fast way to get rich is to make more money. Step Absolutely. two is to minimize expenses. So most people, as you know, they make a dollar and they spend, they spend a dollar 10, right? Like mm -hmm. in other words, they, they, their income line ticks up and their expense line ticks up with it. And what you want to do is what I call create a gap. So incomes up, expenses actually come down. So you learn to make more cash. And instead of going and you know, spending more cash, you, you pay off your debts, so you create a gap. What does the gap create? It creates step three, which is to build assets. And an asset simply way to way to think about it is something that generates cash for you, even if you don't continue to exchange time or effort. All right, friends, in case you haven't heard, our family's farm to table verified natural beef can be on your doorstep by Tuesday. Folsom Farm Beef is officially shipping out our pasture raised beef nationwide every single Monday. We're talking high-end quality restaurant style beef sent right to your doorstep. If you value locally sourced farm to table foods, then this is especially for you. Our beef is not only raised from start to finish on our own family farm, but our cows also get tippy top cow treatment with the expertise and knowledge that JD brings to the table as a cattle veterinarian. Getting our family's beef on your family's table is a product of JD and I's two worlds colliding in the most beautiful way. And we are so excited about the opportunity to serve your family for years to come. If you aren't following along on Instagram, you can follow the farm at Folsom Farm Beef, and you can learn more about the farm and see what goes into raising cows and hear what our customers are saying about their experience. Just people falling in love with homegrown beef all over the nation. And I am so happy to get this out to more families. But what really lights us up about this is getting to build another family business that our kids and siblings can be a part of growing for generations to come. When you become a part of the Folsom Farm family, you aren't just supporting a local farmer. You're a part of a big family dream of ours that's coming to life. And we can't thank you enough for being a part of it. So if you're a beef lover, you haven't truly experienced the best of steak, roast, brisket, or ground beef until you've tasted it straight from our farm. Get your order in by Sunday and have your box on your doorstep by Tuesday. We have a variety of options to fit your family's needs with boxes ranging from 10 pound samplers to 50 pound freezer stock ups. And if you want to save the most and never have to worry about getting on the wait list, make sure you're a part of our VIP crew for monthly savings and first priority shipping. Head to FolsomFarmBeef.com and get on our email list to receive a $20 off promo code for your first box. We cannot wait to get our beef on your doorstep. All right, back to the show. One of the things that's beautiful about a network marketing business is the network marketing business in and of itself is an asset. So you're increasing income, 
hopefully you're decreasing expenses and you're building a cash flowing asset. And, but you can also have other investments too, you know, yeah. uh, <clears throat> you know, I've been through kind of a crazy time these last couple months, right? If I wouldn't have followed this, this uh, formula, I would have been in a really bad spot, right? Where your income gets, gets cut off. And so I've been able to have cash flowing assets that just kind of keep the ship going and you kind of keeps your life going and the whole thing. So think of it this way. Let's say that right now for this, and I'm just going to use this to illustrate the point. Let's say that your, your bills are 4,000 bucks a month, right? To run your whole household. And again, depending on your house, depending on how many kids you have, depending on your lifestyle, maybe it's more for you, maybe it's less. Cool. Let's use 4,000 as our example. If we could help you to make more money so you maximize your income potential, you start to pay off some debts, so you start minimizing the expenses, and you take the, the remaining cash and you start building at, building assets. If you could build a cash flow asset that pays you more than $4,000 a month, like, so in other words, your residual from your real estate or you know your oil and gas or whatever, from your asset base is paying you more than your expenses, you are like by definition financially free, and you don't have to become a multi-bazillionaire to do it. You can be a normal person and do it. Yeah. And so that three-step formula, it really changed my life. And that's why network marketing to me was such an appealing thing is it's like the easiest way for a normal person to maximize their income, you know, build a cash flowing asset. And then if you min min minimize your expenses, you can set yourself, you know, so, so set yourself up for, for life with a number of years worth of effort, you know? Yeah, I love it. And that's, I mean, that's why I was so drawn to it was like just the potential of a normal yeah. human. Because when I started, uh, I still today, such a normal human, like just, but doing life a little bit differently. And that's what yeah. I think is so cool is it's equal playing field, equal opportunity. And depending on what you want out of it and what you put into it, you'll get different things out of it. But gosh, there's a huge freaking gap in the industry with men, in my opinion. I'm like, it is such a huge missed opportunity for these dudes that are passionate about the things that they could partner with in a business and an opportunity. And they're just, I, it's, I feel like it's just an ego thing. Normally <laughs> it's yeah. hard for guys to say that they do that. I don't know. I'm like, there's an ego part for sure. I think there's just a lack of education part. Oftentimes people are down on what they're not up on. And so when we don't quite fully get it or we have our issues, I had my kind of emotional issues. I had like a visceral negative response to it when I was 25. Yeah. Um, you say to me, why, why did you, did your grandma have a bad experience? No, I just had a negative visceral response. I think a lot of people do. But I had to kind of get over my issues. You know, if you can find a business where you can spend less cash, you can have no risk to your credit or capital, and you can have higher residual cash flow upside, man, show me. Like, like, yeah. like it's just a business where it's a lot of sweat equity. You know, it's a lot of work. I'm not minimizing that. But the risk to credit and capital is really, really low. And then the economic potential and the upside is really high. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Next, next thing that I want to dig into then is you mentioned how you were with a company and then they went under, you like had to start from ground zero. What made you get back into it? Like what made you just be like, yes, say yes again. I'm willing to do this again. I'm willing to build from the ground up versus like, okay, clearly like it didn't work It whatever it flopped. So I'm going to go do something else. Like what made you come yeah. back to it? Yeah, great question. So I cry grown man tears <laughs> when this business went out of business. Like I just had like tears right in my face. I'm like, oh my gosh, I had two little babies. I had a lot of financial pressure at the time. And I was just like, oh, this hurts, you know? Yeah. And 
I go back to what we talked about to start because this is so important. Success is an identity process. One of my identities in my life was that I'm not a quitter. Mm. And also one of them was like, I'm a fighter. Like I'm going to get back up because there's part of me that just thought, imagine you get bucked off the proverbial horse, right? Proverbial horse in this case of business, just you get on, you're like, I'm going to be successful. And then it bucks you off. You really have two options at this point. One is you can lay there and bleed and cry and just be like, that sucked. Or you can get up and like dust yourself off and like pull out the rocks and the gravel out of your wounds and like get back on the proverbial horse and ride again. You know, and I just remember thinking to myself, like, I'm not a quitter. I still had those same dreams. I still had those same goals. I still wanted to accomplish some of the things I wanted to accomplish in my life. I still wanted to make my wife proud of me. I wanted to make my kids proud of me. I wanted to become financially independent. And so I just said, you know what? I'm going to believe again. I'm going to go again. And I'm going to go do this thing again. You know, and it took me, I thought it would take me two months to get full time. It took me two years. And that's, that's with me, you know, working in the loft of my wife's French garage, two part-time jobs. You know, I mean, I was, yeah. I was like, sharing a dream with people I wasn't even living myself. You know, I was out there just grinding. Yeah. But, but again, you know, it's so interesting. Sometimes in life, you'll do a lot of work in the beginning. You're not paid for to have a lot of income in the end that you didn't necessarily work for. In other words, you did all that. You front loaded all the work. Mm -hmm. And that's, that was definitely something I experienced as well. Okay. That's huge. So, so what would you say, like, to someone who maybe they've given up a few different times and maybe they're like, but I still have the goals. I still have the dreams. I just don't know if I have what it takes to actually bring them to life. I think that's what a lot of people struggle with is like, yeah, I have the goals and dreams, but I tried and it didn't work. I tried and it didn't work. What would you say to them? Like, how would you help them get back on the horse or, or do you have any just kind yeah. of insight to mm -hmm. that person? Yeah. I have a couple of thoughts. So we've all thought that I remember laying in my bed at night. It's about one in the morning. It's pitch black. I'm in the loft of my wife's parents' garage. I'm 27 years old. I'm a grown man. I live in the United States of America and I'm living in the loft of my wife's parents' garage. I'm like, gosh, dang it. <laughs> With two part-time jobs, you know? And I'm laying there and I say to my wife, I'm like, are you awake? And, you know, it's pitch black. And she goes, yes. She goes, are you awake? And I go, yeah. And I'm usually, like, am I usually crazy? That, usually that leads to something else. Are you awake? I wish. Man, <laughs> that, particularly I wish. But I, I, uh, I said, am I crazy? Am I chasing a fake dream? Like, is this ever going to like work for us? Like, I know yeah. it works for other people. Is it ever going to work for us? And fortunately she was just like, yo, keep going. You got this. Like you can pull it oh, off. That's awesome. And so those, those feelings that you have are normal. Uh, the university of Pennsylvania did a study. It was a 22 year study, 350,000 participants. They said that there was a thinking pattern that began to emerge that they said was predictive of success. So my friends, think of this. If something, if there's a way for us to think that makes your success predictive, wouldn't you want to start thinking, thinking that way, right? hundred, yeah. What was the thinking pattern? It was they were optimistic. They were optimist. And there was two characteristics that these people had that I think we can learn from. Characteristic number one, is that they tried new things until they succeeded. And you want to write down the word until and like circle it and like underline it, star it. That's an important word. The word until can guarantee your success. What does that mean? Uh, Augmentino in the, great, uh, the greatest salesman in the world, he did three scrolls. Scroll number three says, I will persist until I succeed. Most people persist until it's hard. Most people persist yeah. until it's hot. Most people persist until the customer quits. Most people persist until the team quits, you know, like one of your key leaders. Most people persist until the business goes out, you know, the company goes out of business. Most people persist until the economy changes. Most people persist until, man, they go through that really hard, challenging divorce. 
you want to say, I will persist until I succeed. I will try new things until I succeed. Now, I'm not the guy that says, just keep doing it. And if, you know, like it's not working, but just keep doing it, do more of it. That's not, I, I'm a strategist. Like I tell people, if it's not working, let's, let's fix it. Like if the strategy is not working. So new habits, new strategies, but guess what? I will adjust until I succeed. I will persist until I succeed. I will adapt until I succeed. I'll grow until I succeed. I'll, I'll read new books. I'll try new strategies. Like I will per- try new things until I succeed. That is definitely a characteristics you want to, an identity you want to adopt. Second yeah. thing is this. They said that these people had an unrealistic expectation that they would be successful. Mm. How many of you listening say to yourself, people have told you that you, like, you think this is possible for you. You think you're going to do this. Like that's unrealistic. Like only so-and-so 1% of people are successful. My friend, every successful person in the history of successful people <laughs> had friends and family that said to them, your goals, your dreams, these ambitions you have, they're unrealistic. It's unrealistic expectations. That's like a sign that you're going for it. You know, Yeah. I tell people, you want to set God-sized goals. God-sized goals are goals that once you accomplish them, people are like, there's no chance you could have done that. Like we needed some like extra help for that one, you know? So that'd be my first thing. The second thing I would share with you is this, is there's what's called a sunk cost. It's kind of a business term. Sunk cost basically means like we put in all this effort, all this time, all this money. And like, it's now gone. It's sunk. So you don't loathe on like, yeah, but I've been doing this for three years. Or, oh my gosh, I spent all this money to go to the event. Or listen, that that's that cost is all sunk. The good news is all that you've learned, all that you've become, that's still with you. Mm. And so you can say, listen, I will improve until I succeed. Like I'll go build some new skill sets until I succeed. I teach in the book a three C loop. And the first C is confidence. So the foundation of your success is believing in yourself. It's hard to get everyone else to believe in you when you won't even believe in you. So confidence, confidence leads to the second C, which is commitment. Uh, Zig Ziglar said that most people have the commitment level of a kamikaze pilot on their 47th mission. I mean, they're just like sort of all in and sort of not all in, you know, and he's listen, where there is no confidence, there is no commitment. So how committed would you be to an exercise program? If you have no confidence, it's going to work. How committed are you going to be to a business plan? If you have no confidence, it's going to work. Your confidence feeds your commitment and there's no lukewarm winners. You got to get in, stay in, get committed, stay committed. Like get to go for your goals, go for your dreams, including all the tough times. But the commit, the comp, the commitment, pardon me, leads to competence. Competence is your skill sets. You get better at it. Remember, imagine this, your skills are, your talents, your floor, your skills are your ceiling. You want to build skill above the talent. Most people they just kind of like baseline stop at talent. Like I have this much baseline talent. I know this many baseline people. Like I have this much just general, like I brought this to the party. You want to be building new skills. If you don't, you'll become irrelevant. You got to build new skills, new talents. You got to grow the skill sets. Now, the more competent you become, the more confident you get. Because you're like, I'm good at this. The more confidence drives more commitment. You're like, I'm going to make this thing happen. The more uh, uh, commitment drives more confidence and it starts to spin the loop. So here's the question. Here's the question. What do you do today if you don't have confidence? Like, how do you get into that loop today? What do you do if you're like, I tried it before and it did not work. Like my confidence is actually pretty low. My friends, it's the fourth C word. It's a C word that gets you into the loop, which is courage. Mm. Today you have courage. You, you move forward, take action just out of sheer courage. Like you don't, you can't see the whole staircase, but you take the first step. 
Uh, there's a great book called Chase the Lion. Mark Batterson wrote a Christian pastor. And he said that there's a story about a guy named Ben and Iha. Ben and Iha is an old Bible character. He says that he chased a lion into a pit on a snowy day. <laughs> so how many people do you know that chase lions into pits on snowy days? Not very many, right? What does that make Ben and Iha? It makes him rare. And Micah, anything that's rare is more valuable. So a friendship that's rare is more valuable. A diamond that's rare is more valuable. A painting that's rare is more valuable. A mom with courage, a dad with courage, someone that takes action when they don't have all the courage, starts, starts a podcast when they're not sure they have enough what to say. They write a book, even though they're like, who am I to write a book? They start a business and go for it, even they're like, I'm not sure I'm even going to succeed at this. They make the invite call, even though their palms are sweaty. They say, I'm sorry. And they forgive someone, even though they feel like, well, you should probably be forgiving, you know, saying you're sorry to me. Like that takes a lot of courage, right? The world needs more people with courage. If you have courage, you're rare. Anything that's rare is more valuable. So today, take action, move forward, get out of your head, get into your heart, like take the step, have courage today. That's the best thing you can do to get out of this. Like, do I have what it takes? It's just like, listen, let's go figure it out. Have some courage today. Let's go figure it out. I love it so much because I don't think there's a single person out there who from day one was like, oh, I got it. I got this. I have everything it takes to be successful. I have every, I'll, like, of course, but that's what you, you build that as you take the messy, sloppy action and you just kind of figure it out. But that is a hundred percent of mindset. Like, and it transfers as you, as you develop that mindset, it transfers to everything in your life, which is the most powerful thing about entrepreneurship is it will force you to grow. It will force you to expand. It will force you to elevate in every single area yeah. of your life. And because of that, because it's a direct, like you have to do that in order to grow a business, it will also positively impact so many other areas of your life. And so it's like, that's why life is just elevated in so many ways as you take that journey and you really embrace the uncomfy stuff that's that it's going to take to be successful. That's exactly right. Well said. Very well said. All right. We have to wrap it up soon, but I want to ask you this one thing you mentioned in the forum <laughs> that we talked about a distraction that is costing people a lot of money. Can we just dig into that for a sec? Yes. So let's start with this. When we talk a lot about getting focused, I think it feels ethereal to people. Like, I just like generally, like, what does that mean to be focused? If you make your focus not ethereal, but you realize how much it's costing you, how much cash, money, dollars it's costing you, because no one's going to pull like a $20 bill or a $50 bill or a $100 bill out of their pocket and like light it on fire. No one would do it. Right. But yeah, we would do it with our focus in two seconds. So let me give you guys an, an exercise you could do. I teach this in the book to help you translate your focus. So take your annual income, right? Let's take your annual income. And you take that and you divide it by 2000. So 2000 is the average amount of hours an American worker is going to work in a year. Then you take that. So let's say your goal is to make hundred grand, hundred grand divided by $2,050 an hour, your time, your focus worth 50 bucks an hour. Then take that and divide it by 60. This is your dollar per minute rate. So dollar per hour rates, one thing dollar per minute rate, that's an 83 cents per minute focus value when you sit there and watch tiktoks and like scroll and scroll and scroll and scroll and like video after video after video or whatever it is an instagram story or whatever and i'm not i'm not calling you out i'm just simply saying or like you watch like an entire netflix series that focus that attention is valuable in fact let me ask this question what is the product of social media 
the product, my friends, is your attention. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you are the product, right? Your your eyeballs are the the product, and that's what they that's why they're worth billions of dollars because they got all your attention. So you say, I'm going to take that same like focus and time and like put it towards my dreams, my goals, instead of watching like being a Swifty and watching Taylor Swift. And I have no problem with watching that. <laughs> it's all about it. But like, if you're going to go invest thousands of dollars into the outfit and the experience and the travel and the hotel and the tickets and the whole thing, but you wouldn't go to like a personal development event to pour into your own heart and you have big dreams and big goals. Come on. Like we've got to, you got to be your own biggest fan. Like yeah. don't go cheer for Taylor, like just scream and cheer for her, like scream and cheer for you, right? Like your own goals, your own dreams. That's the first thing is just understanding your, the value of your focus. Second thing is this. One of the most simple hacks that you can start literally tomorrow is to avoid your phone first thing in the morning. In fact, I want to encourage you to never let your phone in the bedroom. So your phone is in a separate room. For most of you, you're like, what's my alarm clock? Listen, go buy an alarm clock or set your phone as the alarm clock. And then you have to get out of bed to go turn it off, right? But there's been research done about productivity and then ultimately done about the uh, income levels of people who get right into their phone. Most people, what they do, very first thing, according to research that we touch is what? You'd guess, it's your phone, right? Second thing is our tooth, uh, coffee. Third thing is our toothbrush. I share this with you to say that if you'll avoid your phone, if you can start with 10 minutes, do 10 minutes, but if you can get to an hour, what you want to do is take that first hour of the day and pour it into your mind, pour it into your goals where you're, you go into a creation process versus a reaction process. Most of us yeah. live an entire life where we react to the distractions of life versus intentionally create our life. We actually intentionally go make it happen. And that's the goal. The goal is to intentionally create versus to react to all the distractions. You, you live and breathe and die and it's over and you just reacted the whole time versus saying one of the identities is I'm a creator. I'm here to create. Moms know this better than anyone because moms create humans. You know, like moms like literally co-create in the in the in the birthing process yeah. and, and obviously in the raising process. And they create the mind. They shape the mindsets of these this next generation of leaders in the world. And so you start to take that back. <laughs> He's going to take that time back and say, I'm going to avoid my phone for the first thing in the morning. By the way, if you'll do this, you'll feel it. You'll feel it literally starting tomorrow. You'll, you'll wake up and be like, you'll feel the frenetic energy come down. You'll feel the creation process start. I want to encourage you to, for the first at least 10 minutes, pour something positive into your mind. Now, you can use your phone to do this, but don't go into text. Don't go into social. Don't go into news. Don't go into emails. Or what you do is like if you want to go like to Audible or whatever, like you have a book on tape. Your mind works on wave cycles, and it works at 10 uh, 12.3 wave cycles per second early in the morning. And it, it works highest when it's rested, your subconscious. So you want to listen with what I call relaxed belief, believing that it's possible for you to achieve these dreams and goals that you have and pour positive into your mind. That one simple hack will increase your productivity multiple times. It will also, that productivity increase will increase your income multiple times if you'll simply just avoid your phone for the first hour in the morning. All right. I love it so much. I love it so much. I'm a huge believer in morning rituals. Like that is one of the biggest catalysts that's, I mean, exploded our success in life and everything and my sanity and patience and motherhood. Like if I didn't have my morning, holy crap, I would be a mess. So I love that you touched on that as just another reminder to have how important it is and just how doable it is. Everybody can take their morning and take control of it. And I will promise you that it'll impact the whole rest of your day, your weeks, your months, your years, obviously your entire life. So thank you so much. I know you got to run to another, to another thing, but where can they find your book? Let's tell them that before we get off. Yeah. So 
you can get it wherever you get your favorite books. And my friends, cool. it's a book that's going to change your life. So where, whether you get that on Amazon or on your audibles, et cetera, but it's a book that will change your life. It's a book that every chapter is designed to stack upon the last chapter. And because it's habit stacking, you start to get to a point where you're like, this is what I need to do to literally be the one today. And it's a book that your kids need to read and your team needs to read and that your coworkers need to read. Like it's a book, it's a movement of helping people realize who they really are and then go be that one today. I love it. I love it. So you guys, obviously I'm going to go grab it. I'm going to have my kids read it. My hus- my hubby's going to read it. Um, go grab it. This is all of, all of my favorite words, habit stacking, life changing, like be the one you get to take control of your life. You get to take control of your circumstances. I love the stories that you share in your experience because it's just proof. It's just another dose of proof that if he can, you can, if I can, you can, if she can, you can. And some, sometimes that's all you need to have that courage to take the action, to do the thing. So Justin, once again, thank you so much for being on. And you guys, if this was helpful for you, share it with your team, share it with your friends, share it with all the people so that they can see this, know that it's possible and go grab his book and make the change in their own lives. So Thanks, Justin, for being on. Love being on with you. Can't wait <laughs> to get to eat, like do more and more together. Yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll do it. All right, you guys, we'll be back in another week. See ya. Wrapping up another episode, and I just want to thank you for sticking around. Before you head out, I would love to hear from you. It would mean the world to me if you left this podcast a quick review wherever you're listening from. And if you got some nuggets from the message today, don't forget to share it with your friends, your team, and your Instagram story so that anyone else who needs it can find it too. And be sure to tag me at Micah Folsom Fit so that I can shout you out and share your page with my friends. Thanks for hanging. Now let's go take action on those goals and dreams because if you can feel it in your heart and see it in your head, then you can hold it in your hand. So until next time, go do your craft.